Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak. Joining you guys on Thanksgiving Eve and also a midweek mock draft edition of the podcast. Wow, you know, sometimes just the stars align and you love to see it. Ben and I are going to be running through an entire first round mock draft with the brand new updated draft order from this past weekend's games of NFL action. But before we get to that, a message from our friends over at Pepsi who are reminding us that this football season is going to be different and Pepsi is here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we are watching this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch. Pepsi made for football watching. Man, I feel like the last couple of mock drafts Heavily dictated by the quarterback position. And as I'm peeking at the order, we're still going to get plenty of quarterback talk in the top 10, but it might not be as 1-2-3 as it has the past couple weeks. No. Quarterbacks at 1-2-3. I'm not even looking at the teams. Doesn't matter. Send it. Ben is Ben is anti-Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got hurt. Ben's like, that's it. The career's over. Draft a quarterback. Wait, the Bengals are... Oh, shoot. The Bengals are in the top three. <laughs> yeah. It is. This is what, this it, is what it you is. get for the yeah. blind <laughs> statements. I mean, okay. Let, let's let's be very... Let's be completely honest. Yeah. After Burrow's injury, I 100% saw a... If the Burrow, if the Bengals lose out and get a top two pick, they should take Trevor Lawrence take. I absolutely saw that. Uh, look, it's Twitter... Uh, <laughs> I believe that anyone is allowed, allowed to have to say anything. Yeah, a Twitter account, and they can say whatever they want. So I'm sure that you uh that you saw that take. I think I had the odds last time. I think I you went did. odd. You did. you did. Okay, so you can have the honors of the odds this week, which of course means that you get the stress of picking for the Eagles at 19 and also the Bucks at 27. We still haven't changed that spot, so you get both of the uh, hometown teams, if you will. But before we get to those, of course, we have you up at number one. Furious that Justin Fields didn't have a good game against Indiana. If yeah, he had, not, only, not only did he have not have a good game, you jinxed the ever living crap out of that dude. Mm-hmm. You tweeted going to be it. Man. What, what did you tweet? You you tweeted you I, tweeted somebody something. said after Fields' first drive, which was two throws, two completions, seventy five yards, and a touchdown. Somebody said uh, Justin Fields is going to be the uh, best QB two in a draft in a while, and I said no, he won't. And Trevor Lawrence will be. <laughs> and then Justin Fields proceeded to double his career interception total across the remainder of the game, <laughs> which is suboptimal. Uh, if he had had that really good game, this would have been the day where I picked him at one over Lawrence. But as he did not. Trevor Lawrence to the New York Jets at number one. Oh, man, we were so close. You would have done it, too, you sneaky little rascal. You would have thrown Fields oh, in at number one. Sneaky about it. Straight up. Now, to be fair, when you tweeted that out, 
there were a couple of people who said that the listeners of the pod already knew that this take was coming, right? Because I, I saw at least one, at least one oh, person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So many people hit me in the mentions that were like, you've been, you know, softening the ground for this. Right, 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 right. right? But the thing is, like, that tweet was still softening the ground for it anyway. I'm not full sending yet. Eventually, there will be a tweet that includes the words Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and QB1. There already is one, which is the prediction tweet that I, I, I hit uh, at the end of April. Uh-huh. At, at, at the end of every draft, I like to make a bold statement for next year's draft and see if I'm right. Did you say Fields last year was one? That, yeah, last, what was, say it again? Did you say, did you say that Fields would be one? I said that Fields and Lawrence were in the same tier. Oh, which okay. I, so, yeah. All right. And, and, uh, and at the end of the 2019 draft, I said that CD Lamb was going to be wide receiver one, which you was did. nuts at the time. Uh, and that obviously we nuts. ended up with- it was, it was bold. It was, it was plenty bold, but I wouldn't say it was nuts. I mean, CD Lamb's awesome. And he is awesome, but not enough people acknowledged that mm. April, 2019. So, but anyway, moral of the story, Lawrence had went to the Jets. He and Fields are still in the same tier, but we're coming off the worst game Fields has played as a starter. Do we think that the longer Trevor Lawrence doesn't play football, the more his legend grows? Like, is he a product of, of the, the good player missing time effect? I mean, Fields. usually the good player missing time effect, like, I mean, I, I guess it can grow the legend, but also it can, you know, like, pull them out of, of the, you know, like the national attention, right? Like, we were mocking Jalen Twyman and Jay Tufaley in round one two months ago. Well, yeah, we put them in round one since. That's you know, fair. and they, they ain't gone worse. Yeah. Or have they? Jacksonville Jaguars are up at number two overall. I have no idea if they've gotten worse or not. They haven't played a game of football. Just had to make that clear. Uh, Jaguars are at number two. That race for number one, man, it's getting tight. It's getting tight. The Jets are being more competitive. They're getting close to that win. And if they get that win, Jags can jump them. But for now, Justin Fields is their guy. If they're picking at number one, they're picking Trevor Lawrence. If they're picking at number two, they're picking Justin Fields. That's it. Do we have any more questions? You're up at number three. Which quarterback are you taking for the Bengals? (laughs) Yep, I promised myself into this. Uh, A lot of people have made the comment that Joe Burrow's injury is an indictment on the Bengals passing, pass protecting on the offensive line. That's not false. Like, obviously, the thing that, you know, it's it's not that Burrow straight out got injured because the left tackle sucks, but it's because he got hit and football's a violent game. But at the same time, he's gotten hit a lot. He's gotten hit more than most quarterbacks in the league this year. I believe going into this week, the stat was that he had 70, he had taken 72 quarterback hits, which was the most through that many games ever in the NFL with Daniel Jones. I believe Daniel Jones last year was tied at 72 right. and, and that, like outside yeah. of that that was the most ever and that makes sense especially because you can when you consider how much the Bengals passed like the Bengals were leading the league in like neutral game script passing plays you know what I mean like they're they're pass heavy offense so a lot of dropbacks a lot of hits uh, uh they, they need a, uh, an improvement at tackle Penny who was still on the board this is this not only should be the pick if Burrow is healthy for 17 games but without Burrow kind of Starting Ryan Finley week after week is a staunch reminder of what happened to your franchise quarterback. You're going to take the offensive line seriously. Penn A. Sewell is going to be the pick. Yeah, there was a point in time when on this podcast, I know that I had talked about this. I can't remember if you made or you agree with this point as well, but it just seemed like no matter where the Bengals were picking, Penny Sewell was going to be a Cincinnati Bengal because there were times at the beginning of the year where it was like, okay, the Bengals are number three, they're number five, they're number four, they're number... Something like that. They were they were around the top five, and I just said no matter where the Bengals are going to end up, because I figured they'd be a top five team, they were going to pick Penny Sewell. 
Well, then all of a sudden, the rest of the NFL decided to suck. <laughs> and so the Bengals' name was further down in the top 10. But now they've got the number three pick. Joe Burrow is no longer there. I no longer think that they are competitive at all. So they are going to pretty much be a lock for the top five. And I think that I really do think that Penny Sewell is going to be a Cincinnati Bengal when it's all said and done. But that makes it very interesting here at number four because the Dallas Cowboys currently pick number four. Now, in this scenario, the worst team to pick for Dallas is Dallas is trading down. Like Dallas is trading down with anybody that could want a quarterback. And Trey Lance, Zach Wilson still on the board. So watch the football team. I don't know, maybe the Patriots, maybe the Falcons, maybe the Vikings, the San Francisco 49ers, the Chicago Bears, the Indianapolis Colts. Like, I'm just listing teams off the top of my head that could have quarterback needs that would want to get up to a pick like this. Of course, the further you are back in the draft, the more you'd have to give up, the less likely it is to happen. But I think that Dallas is a prime trade-back team. But because I I can't trade down, we're not doing trade-downs in this exercise, I will go cornerback. I'll go Patrick Sertan. And I'll I'll give them the defensive player that they really need. They also need some edge. They need some safety help. But I'm not so big on any of those guys in those categories here at number four. Anyways, I still think Sertan's a little bit of a reach. It's not mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I think that he's a, a Jalen Ramsey or a Patrick Peterson type, which is normally what you get when you're picking a guy this high. But I do think that Patrick Sertan is good. So for this exercise, I got to go Sertan here. It's going to be harder to get Caleb Farley to fall to the Eagles because of that pick, but we'll do our best. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I'm on it. Don't worry about it. Uh, Washington football team at five. It's it's very funny because, you know, we've given them a quarterback the past couple of times. You look at what this team needs, and, and there's no wide receiver next to Terry McLaurin. I mean, just none. Dontrell Inman, Cam Sims, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Steven Sims, no Paul Richardson. There's nobody. Isaiah Wright. Isaiah Wright. Don't as, slander as many Isaiah Washington Wright. Football. I'm honestly Kelvin Harmon. Yes. All right. I've got that's got to be every single one that's on their depth chart. Uh, did you did so you like, list Antonio Gandy Golden? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Jamar Chase would be make sense. He'd be such a good pick for them. But the need the like, it's tricky because. You'd want to say, like, you know, with, with Jacksonville, you could say, you know what? They really want to give Minshew another year or whatever. With Washington, there's just nothing. You cannot argue a quarterback on that depth chart. Not Kyle Allen, not Dwayne Haskins, not Alex Smith. And so you have to. You are compelled to go quarterback at five. At, at this point Washington. in time, yeah. You, yeah. I, I think that there's no other way to go. Zach Wilson and Trey Lance both on the board. To me, Trey Lance remains the better prospect, uh, especially if you're talking about a multi-year rebuild, which I think you are in Washington. So Trey Lance at five to the football team. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment. Hitting your fitness goals, feeling great about yourself, Echelon can help you get to those goals. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rolling machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun, challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available whenever you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is very affordable for everybody, uh, and a and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, uh, Echelon Fitness is also, uh, you can do a 30-day money-back guarantee kind of a thing if you try it out. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. Check out everything that they, they got going over there. And uh, another note that, guys, protecting your family, obviously, it's, it's number one priority. But 
You want to do it safely. The people at Axon Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Uh, Axon Taser is a line of non-lethal self-protection devices. They're small, lightweight enough to carry around with you in a glove compartment, in a purse, whatever, yet they are powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry an unnecessary risk for you and those around you. And even pepper spray can sometimes harm you almost as much as the attacker. And they're often ineffective in that way. Axon Taser's they're products that are safer and they're easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, also allowing you time to escape and sending an emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Axon tasers are available without permit in most of the United States. Get the Axon Pulse Plus Taser Strike Light or Taser Dot with the promo code NFL over at uh, Taser. That's T A S E R dot com. The promo code is NFL. You can save 15% on, on whatever you are, whatever you're ordering. Restrictions apply. See the site for all the details. That means I am up at number six Los Angeles Chargers. It's another team that really needs to align. And I, I've long preached this. I've got a little YouTube short that I do over at TDN's YouTube channel called Mock the Mock. And, and one of the picks that I often disagree with is the scouting staff likes to put an edge rusher to the Los Angeles Chargers. They like to give him Gregory Rousseau. And I keep saying, like, man, it's got to be O-line. I really think that it's got to be O-line. And I'll stick with that. I'll stick with it because I, I just think that it, it has to be. We're at a point where... They've got to improve what they've got going on. Elijah Vera Tucker's having a fantastic year for USC. Wyatt Davis, we know that he's great in the middle. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, these are all names that could be interior line guys, but six overall for any of them. Sam Cosme, Jalen Mayfield, Rashawn Slater, Liam Eikenberg, Dylan Radins. These are all offensive tackle prospects, but probably back end of the first round, early second round. The only guy I can think of here is Christian Derrissaw. Now, six. Probably healthy. A li- probably a little bit rich for Christian Derrissaw, but in a in a reality where we can't trade down, I'd rather still upgrade the O line and take a chance on a guy who's really improved this year as the left tackle for Virginia Tech than go elsewhere. So I'm still gonna go Christian Derrissaw here at number six for the Chargers. Trevor, yes, that's healthy. Look, we're all about health here. All right, I just read an, an ad about Echelon. You know, okay. Did you Giants think I was going seven. straight into a Bill Bar ad? Yes, I did. I was ready for it. Giants at seven. I want to take Wilson. Oh, no. Lord. Seven? Take it. I mean, Dan Jones is bad. We acknowledge this, right? Wait, wait. You can't, You took You took Zach Wilson already. You I took the, Trey Lance. Oh, 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 oh. okay. Hey, pay, pay, pay attention, buddy. Um, okay. Seven, Giants. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to take Micah Parsons. Uh, they've gotten decent play. Dave Gettleman like, agrees. What's that? I said Dave Gettleman agrees. Right, well, that, that, that's part of it, isn't it, right? Because if Gettleman remains as the general manager, then Jones is likely to remain as the quarterback. Rob Juden, our resident Giants fan, and our, our one of our social guys, our graphics guy, was we were talking about this, and that's basically it was like if Je- Gettleman's going to be the, the general manager, Jones is going to be the quarterback, and I think he stays. Now, they, they play... Blake Martinez, Devonta Downs, and David Mayo, and they've gotten you know tons of tackle production out of Martinez. But once again, like I, there's not a quality cover player there. I also don't really think there's a quality blitz player there. Uh, they they use some off ball guys, Kyler Fackrell, Tay Crowder, with, with success in those roles. But I think that you get a, obviously a very high quality blitz player in Michael Parsons. Uh, uh, C gap, B gap, A gap, however you want to rush him, twist and stun, it's going to be successful. He's got length, he's got power, he's got speed. 
It's going to be able to zone cover for you great because of the size and because of the football IQ. Going to be able to man cover for you over tight ends. Should be able to stick with running backs as well as long as they're not too quick. Uh, and then obviously what you get as a run defender is just cake on top. He's so smart. He's so aggressive. So Parsons, who let's not forget, I think was the best defensive player in this draft, you know, hasn't played talking about the effect that that has on stock and whatnot. Still think he, he's a good candidate for top 10 pick and the giants are the sort of team that would like him. I kind of want to go with a different pick here for the dolphins. At number eight, like a pick that I don't think I've seen once. All right. Should I do it? I would like to see it. Okay. Well, then we're going to go Quiddy Pay here at number eight overall for the Miami Dolphins. We sure. Are, I'm very down. Uh, actually, I'm not as down because Emmanuel Ogba is good. We often see Gregory Rousseau as the edge rusher that goes to Miami. And I see a lot of wide receiver help for Miami at number eight. The common one is Jalen Waddell. And I think that that's still obviously in the realm of possibility. Um, although I also believe like Jamar Chase would be, and Dolphins fans don't seem to think that, e- even though. I mean, they're touting the guys they have on the roster now, and I get it, you like those guys, but Jamar Chase is also, like, really dang good. So I, I always find that that's an, that's an odd battle to fight. But I'm going to take Quiddy Pay here because I do think that upgrading the edge is still a need for them, and I think that Quiddy's having a fantastic year as a player that is great in run defense and is really budding as a pass rusher. And so we've had the back and forth about, hey, Greg Rousseau or Quiddy Pay, and I think that in a couple of mock draft simulations we've done, we've seen Quiddy Pay going higher than Greg Rousseau. And so I've never seen this to the Dolphins, so I honestly want to just see how it pans out. Because mock drafts, obviously, at this point in the year, they're all about the what if. They're all about saying, like, hey, if this plays out this way, would it look good down the road? And so I'm going to have a little bit of fun here. I'm going to go outside the box. I'm going to do Quiddy Pay for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I like. he's the sort of player they'd like. Right, right. But Emmanuel Ogba's been really good. He has. Shaq Lawson's been solid. He don't get no better than solid, baby. To quote Marshawn Lynch. Mm, I don't know. I, I, it's the sort of player they'd like. And we'll, uh, the need and the, and the, 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 uh, the playing time, the snaps would be interesting to me. Nine Falcons. I want to do Zach Wilson again. <laughs> no, I don't think they. I don't think they can. I'm not even sure they should. They should, but I'm not sure that they should because. It's going to be so difficult to get him playing time. And you're spending a really high pick on a player who's not going to play in year one. And if you're comfortable losing for all of 2021, that's okay. But I don't even, I really don't think Ryan is prohibitive to winning. I think Ryan's played well this year. I just think that the offensive line in front of him is atrocious. And then obviously the defense, as we've talked about, is really struggling. Uh, Greg Rousseau, I don't want to take this early. I already took Michael Parsons off the board. Obviously, I'm not taking Caleb Farley because I'm trying to get him to Philadelphia. They're, but they're probably are they going to play Farley? Uh, you would have to bench one of Isaiah Oliver or AJ Terrell on the outside. It might be time on Isaiah Oliver. I mean, Oliver's been really bad for a couple of years. Oh, I don't has like he, this. Has he been not good? I re- yeah, I, I mean, honestly have not heard much of anything about Isaiah Oliver at all, like positive or good. negative. He's not good. I'm looking at his right, PFF grades now. Please hold. Mm, not going to go wide receiver. Not great. 56 coverage grade this year. Yeah, not no, he's ideal. not. He hasn't played well. Fifty-four coverage right. grade last year, not yeah. ideal. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Caleb Farley for Atlanta, and I'm gonna make that pick, acknowledging that they probably have a bigger need at edge, and that they do have young players at corner and AJ Tyrell, Isaiah Oliver, and then Kendall Sheffield. However, I don't think you've seen enough from Oliver and Sheffield, who Sheffield's 
you know, got he had a nice finish in 2019. I think he's playing okay. You haven't seen enough from those players you've had in the building for a couple of years to say with a new front office, which is critical, not the same guys who drafted uh, Isaiah Oliver and Kendall Sheffield's going to be new guys. You wouldn't take a player of Farley's talent over them, especially with how much trouble you've had in pass coverage this year. Farley is a, is a true a race, a third race, half the field player, in my opinion. So I like that pick for Atlanta. Carolina's up at number 10. We got to speed this up a little bit. I'm, I've been trying to go fast, brother. I've been yeah. thinking about it. I mean, Carolina, all of the popular Carolina picks, which would make a lot of sense, aren't here. Michael Parsons isn't there. Caleb Farley's not there. Uh, Christian Derrissaw, Penny Sewell, like Patrick Sertan, none of the guys are there. They're all off the board already. I think I'm going Kyle Pitts. I think I'm putting ooh, Kyle Pitts ooh, with, with ooh, Carolina ooh, because ooh. I know that they have wanted more from their tight end room than um, Ian Thomas has been giving them. And even with Zach Wilson on the board, I don't think I don't think they're going to draft a QB this year. I, j- I really don't. I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. I, I think that it would be, this is one of the few instances where I could see this happening, but in all honesty, I think the Carolina would love it. I, I think that they're really targeting an upgrade at tight end. So who better than Kyle Pitts? I don't know how long they're going to be able to hold on to Joe Brady, but imagine. Oh, no, I, I, you're right. I think it's, I, hmm, it's at least one more year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not crazy here. We think it's at least one more year, huh? I'm not sure. I'm also not, you know, in terms of, in terms, okay, but like not, you know, Bengals insanity stuff. I've seen Bengals should fire Zach Taylor and hire Joe Brady takes. Well, sure. Yeah. They should. Yeah. That'd be sick. Okay. At 11 to the Patriots for the third time, I'm tempted by Zach Wilson. I think this time I might take it. You look at, at, I think New England has done a very good job. Like, I think Cam played well for New England. But firstly, he is a free agent upcoming. He's going to be 32. He dealt with health issues again this year. Yes, COVID, but also he had the hand injury that affected the way that he threw the football. Mm. And with Cam, I mean, they they obviously have no talent at wide receiver, but they're a very run-heavy offense. And I don't think that that's sustainable, even when you are Belichick and even when you have a weapon like New England. I think you have to be able to throw the football. And Baltimore has been a pretty good case example of that. You bring in Wilson, and you get the downfield arm talent you get the the deep explosive throws that you haven't had and you start to reimagine this offense as an actual passing offense and then you still do get running ability they i mean oh yeah no no scratch everything i just said okay jamar chase at 11 to the <laughs> New England patriots uh, yeah nope no 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 no, no. we're getting too big brain there jamar chase they need a wide receiver one he's a wide receiver one resign cam newton win 12 football games amen amen i wouldn't have been i i would have been sprinting to the podium to put uh jamar chase up there for the detroit lions instead i'm gonna give him jalen waddle so i'll go jalen waddle here at number 12 for detroit but the second you got done talking if you were taking zach wilson i would have just said the words uh, Jamar Chase at number 12 overall to the Detroit Lions. And I would have put you back on the clock. So instead, I'll go Jalen Waddle. Because uh, I, I really do still think they need wide receiver help. Okay. That leads me 13 to the Vikings at this stage now. Don't do it. Do not. What? Come on. Don't do it. They're paying Kirk Cousins forever. Kirk Cousins contract. Do not. Do not steal this from Niners fans who are one pick away right now. They are paying Kirk Cousins forever, no matter what. 
Kirk Cousins has a $62.5 million dead cap this year. Yes. $41 million dead cap next year. $10 million dead cap in 2022. Yes. So it's the same problem as the Falcons. Right. Don't do this. Trev, I want to do it. They financially cannot make the draft pick you are about to make. Why Davis to the Vikings at 13? <laughs> I did it! <laughs> I did it, Niners fans! I did it! We did it, fam. All right, so you picked Wyatt Davis? Yes, I picked Wyatt Davis. And don't say I never did anything for you. All right, 49ers fans, the dream has come true. Ben has passed on Zach Wilson multiple times because of the way that this mock draft has gone, which I like it. It's been It's been a very different mock, especially from like pick eight to right now to the 49ers at 14. But um, as much as Kyle Shanahan wants to say that, oh, yeah, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be our quarterback this year. Duh, he has to say that. He doesn't have any other choice at this point. You better believe that he's going to look for better quarterback options. And even if nothing changes in the quarterback room up until draft day, you better believe he's pulling the trigger on Zach Wilson. It's going to happen. And it'd be a lot of fun. Shanahan and Wilson. Ben has talked about the footwork issues, but, I, right. dude, I, 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 really, I, I still think that Shanahan's going to figure it out. Huh? Yeah, I, you'd ha- you'd have to at yeah, this right. point, right? right. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I've I've seen folks talk about like Wilson's really really good for the 49ers. Obviously, San Fran loves him. I don't think the fit is as perfect, um, but the talent is worthy of top fifteen. Talent's worthy of top ten, uh, and you desperately need a quarterback there, no matter what you say about Garoppolo. So yeah, to me, you do it. Broncos at fifteen. Mm-hmm. Greg Rousseau still on the board. This is interesting. Ooh, yeah. The the. Broncos need at edge is a, is a interesting conversation. They have a $22.5 million club option. Million. On, yeah, million dollar club option on Vaughn Miller coming into the season. Obviously, Vaughn's coming back from a nasty injury. Beyond that, it's Bradley Chubb, who's got two years. He's going to have 2021 left on his deal, and then he's got the fifth-year option potentially. Uh, Malik Reed, who's been kind of fun for them. That's about it. Jeremy Atachu, I don't know how to say the last name. Anthony Chicolo. Yeah, they're both uh, 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 free agents. So if you don't want to pay Vaughn that money, then you're looking at Chubb and Malik Reed, who reads better as like a sub-package guy. And yeah, you do have a needed edge. But if you just keep Vaughn for 2021, then you're good. But obviously you have to plan for 2022. So I could see it. Greg Rousseau might be really nice for that. But they like kind of more speed guys. Like Rousseau's long. They'd have to play him on the inside. They'd have... Drew Casey, though, he's not long for it. Joseph Osai, that's who Dre gave him the most recent mock, and I, I liked the fit. I thought it was interesting. That was obviously early for him. I'm going to take Greg Rousseau. I think the talent's enough here that you mm-hmm. take Greg Rousseau, and even though I don't think that's a perfect Vic Fangio-style edge, you try to figure it out as best you can. Chicago at number 16, they'd be one of those teams that would be gunning for one of those top 10 picks that could be available, whether it's number four overall with the Dallas Cowboys or potentially number six with the Los Angeles Chargers, maybe even nine with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Like They're just trying to trade up at this point to get themselves in the quarterback conversation because they need one badly. Chicago's kind of in Chicago's in the exact same situation quarterback wise as the Washington football team, but the big difference is the Washington football team has a top five pick right now, and Chicago's picking sixteenth. So, right. you know, like when you talk about Washington, you go, man, they can't go into next year with the same quarterback room. You're having the exact same conversation with Chicago. They just can't do anything about it right now. Not in a lot of mock drafts that's going on. So I'm not going to force a quarterback pick. They do need offensive line help no matter what. Ray Sean Slater is the guy that you and I really like. 
think he's on the up. Northwestern's having a fantastic season. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Rayshon Slater here at 16. I think Slater's gonna be a first rounder. I'm basing this exclusively off of a recent uh, picture of him training, and he looks great. I don't know if he is, but uh, you know we'll see. Nah, no, 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 no. Again, basing this exclusively off a photo of him I saw where he looks healthy. Gonna be a first rounder. All right, it'd be good. Yeah, you know it'd be all right. Seventeen to the Dolphins. You gave them Quiddy Pay. I did. All right. I've got wide receivers still available. I think this middle of the first round is where we really will see the run start. It's how it happened last year. Devonta Smith is a good fit for what they don't have right now. If you look at Preston Williams, Devonta Parker being your outside receivers, being your skyscrapers down the field. Smith is that slot separator. You can play him, obviously, outside if you want to move your guys around. They like to play their tight ends in the slot a little bit as well, but Smith, so Smith can play inside and outside. Great on the underneath routes. The hands are extremely consistent, not to mention your star quarterback may or may not have thrown a few passes to him in his day back in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the, you expect the chemistry on the timing routes to be there. It's such a big part of Chan Gailey's offense. So the fit is snug. Devonta Smith at 17 to the Dolphins. Baltimore Ravens here at number 18. I think this is the earliest that we have mock drafted the Baltimore Ravens picking now at 6-4 and four on the season. Just don't look as dominant as they did the uh, the year before. And there's a lot of things that go into that. It. You know, honestly, after doing some research on it, writing an article about it this week, I mean, it's a lot of bad luck. You know, like, they they don't have Marshall Yonda for retirement. Not a lot they could have done about that. Ronnie Stanley gets hurt. That sucks. And then Nick Boyle gets hurt. And these are three of their top rushers from the year before. They also traded Hayden Hurst, who they gave about 450 snaps to last year, and they didn't replace it with anybody. So it's like they're they're trying to play the same kind of game without the guys who really made it happen last year. And so I wouldn't panic too much about the Baltimore Ravens. However, they're trying to get more wide receivers involved. And let me tell you, they're letting them down. Like the wide receivers on that team are absolutely letting Lamar Jackson and that passing attack down, uh, Marquise Brown included. So I think that wide receivers got to be a main target for them in the first round. Rashad Bateman, pretty good at the position. He's available. I'm going to have him going off the board at 18 to the Ravens. I'm actually really happy you took Bateman because I was going to be very tempted to take Bateman because <laughs> of my appreciation for him. But I'm at 19 with the Eagles. Uh, this team desperately needs a cornerback outside of Darius Slay. They've been playing a ton more man coverage since they traded for Slay. They gave Slay the extension, so they're pot committed on him. If Jim Schwartz is the coordinator next year or if they are uh, bringing in a new defense coordinator, they're going to play a ton of man coverage. Avante Maddox, Cravon LeBlanc, Nickel Roby Coleman, they don't have an outside corner. Current on the depth chart besides Darius Slay. I got J.C. Horn at 19. J.C. Horn's a Philly kid. I don't know where he's from, but he's a Philly kid. He's mean and he's angry and he's physical. He's talkative. I think that in a, in a press-heavy approach that you expect next to Darius Slay, it's going to make a lot of sense. I'm not the biggest J.C. Horn fan relative to where some other guys have him. Uh, Eric Stokes, Sean Wade's still on the board, but I think culture fit and scheme fit, he's the best I've got looking at right now. Uh, so J.C. Horn to the Eagles at 19. All right, Built Bar is running some deals on protein bars. And so this is the first time that, that I'm I'm reading this ad this way. So I'm going to try to get all of it in. Starting with Black Friday, which begins for Built Bar Thanksgiving Day at 5 p.m. They've got an all-new white chocolate protein bar while supplies last. Uh, white chocolate salted caramel. White chocolate cookies and cream. Two free candy cane brownie bars. With every item purchased, folks, which I'm looking at it here, 150 calories, 70 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar. That's incredible. 25% off all products all weekend long. 
If you go over to uh, BuiltBar.com, you will get, again, 25% off for all Black Friday, all weekend. Also, Cyber Monday, they've got white chocolate cherry sundae that they're coming out with, white chocolate coconut deluxe, and again, you get two free candy cane brownies with every item purchased. Same thing, 25% off for Black Friday, plus don't forget to use the promo code uh, LOCKED to get an extra 20% off already on your 25% off. They're basically giving you free protein bars at this point. If you've ever been on the fence about getting Built Bar protein bars, now's the time to get in because the deals this weekend, they're going to be crazy. Black Friday deals starting on Thanksgiving Day and the Cyber Monday starting next week. Don't miss it. All right, so you picked Horn for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Right? I may or may not right. have been muted during the ad. Yes, I did. <laughs> I knew you were. I knew I you had your mic during the ads. Frick. Okay, JC Horn to the Eagles. He's so good. Yes. Uh, Cardinals up. Kyle Pitts is gone. JC Horn is gone. A lot of the good corners are gone. Edge rusher, linebacker, interior offensive line. <sighs> Running back, interior defensive line, wide receiver. Don't need wide receiver help. Corner. They need corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go Eric Stokes. I haven't I haven't put Eric Stokes to the uh, Arizona Cardinals yet. Whether they were picking kind of more towards the back end of the first round or here at number 20, I, I think that we've seen J.C. Horn. We've seen Sean Wade. Uh, we've seen even shoot Caleb Farley when they were picking a little bit higher. But I don't think Eric Stokes has been matched with the Arizona Cardinals. And they need corner help. They do. Stokes is having a fantastic year for one of the best defenses in the country. He's really taking a leap even from us liking what his outlook was in summer scouting. And so I'm going to go Eric Stokes here for the Arizona Cardinals 20. Gives me the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who we obviously we were able to solve their quarterback issue at the, at the top of the draft, brought Justin Fields with the second overall pick. Now we're looking at potentially improvements to the interior offensive line. Uh, you got uh, AJ can is going to be a, a free agent. They've got question marks with cam Robinson as their future tackle. I don't know if I love what I've got on the uh, the offensive line right now. Corner opposite CJ Henderson makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, Sean Wade, right? Play a lot of heavy cover three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Wade, I'm gonna take. So I'll go Sean Wade to the Jaguars. Lord knows who's gonna be the defense coordinator in Jacksonville because you got to imagine that coaching staff turns over eventually, right? Uh, and they they they're still running. You know, your your Todd Wash kind of Seattle inspired defense, and I think Sean Wade's a really good potential cover three corner as a heavy zone approach. So if that's how they're gonna stay with things, then I think that Wade gets to use that really good route awareness uh, in off alignments, as we've seen so far this year. Wade's transition has been bumpy to say the least to the outside corner i still think this is a first round player off of what we've seen in the breadth of his film but that that ramp up to outside corner may be a little bit of a long one jaguars aren't competing in 2021 anyway so it's a good fit to let him develop over a season all right so the raiders are up at 22 i think they're pretty sad on offense not that they can't upgrade but like the offensive line i really do darren waller's a mismatched dude the wide receiver core has been playing really great this year, and the Derek Carr has definitely taken a step up. I love Josh Jacobs, and so I really think that they're pretty good on offense. Looking over towards defense, the linebackers have played better than we thought. Uh, the corners, they're struggling a little bit, but they're young, right? So they're they're still figuring it out. They have uh, John Abram on, on the back end who 
I mean, I, I, I saw John Ledyard say this on the timeline. Like, he's the definition of a dog chasing cars. You know, like, he just, like, sees movement, right. and he just wants to sprint for it. Like, he just wants to outrun the car in the street. And so uh, that was pretty spot on. But, you know, he's giving him flash plays. The defensive line, I think that's where we're looking. Edge rusher in particular. Aziz Ojolari is a player that you and I have talked about that we really like. Edge yeah. rusher from Georgia. I think this is a really good fit here for them. And I do think that it would be a guy that they would they would actually target, that this isn't just a total projection. I think they'd be really interested in him. And so I'll go Ojolari here at 22 to the Raiders. Extremely stoked to get Jeremiah Wusukoromoa on the Cleveland Browns. Teams in, in desperate need of a coverage backer. I liked Mac Wilson coming out, but it's time. Uh, this ain't working. Siontaki Taki pick six. Yeah, it was against Carson Wentz. It doesn't count. Uh, they've struggled with their coverage linebackers. They got Malcolm Smith right now, the veteran journeyman, who's kind of their best option next to B.J. Goodson, who's their their primary rundown linebacker. Usu Koromoa solves a lot of problems for them very quickly. And he, you know, obviously the the play speed and the agility and the coverage ability is so exciting, but the the aggressiveness playing downhill means he's not a liability against the run. Testing is important. Make sure that he's as athletic as he looks at at the weight at which he currently appears to be. But if he checks those boxes, first round player. I'm waiting to. I'm I'm doing some more research for a prospect. Oh, um, he would I'm look good in the Browns jerseys because the Browns <laughs> have a nice aesthetic. Uh, except they shouldn't wear the white jerseys when they know it's going to be muddy at their stadium. They've done that recently. Just wear yeah, the brown that's a bad ones. Move. That's that's Solves never that a good problem. Move. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have a little bit more awareness yeah. than that. All right, Indianapolis Colts number 24. This is another team that really needs a quarterback. Uh, Phillip Rivers is there right now, but you can already see the limitations. I'm not going to force a quarterback need here. I'm not going to give him Kyle Trask or Mac Jones um, or Michael Penix. Uh, I'm not going to give them any of those guys there right now. I'll stick along the offensive line, offensive tackles, a position that I think that they need to invest in. I'll go Elijah Vera Tucker. I will go. I will give him the shout out. I will. I will talk about him having a fantastic year. They're three games in, and I don't think that he has allowed a single pressure uh, per PFF. He's he's got over a hundred snaps in three games, and he has not. Yeah, yeah. So Austin Gale of, of Pro Football Focus said that he has not given up a single pressure in the three games and over a hundred snaps that he has played. So I'll go Elijah Vera Tucker here to the Indianapolis Colts to bolster that offensive line. New York Jets, uh, Trevor Lawrence inbound. Now we look at reimagining this this offense in its totality. The offensive line's got some young guys that we're hoping are playing well. It's got some additions. I don't really think that the current offensive line crop at the top of this this draft. I mean, like Sammy Cosme, Jalen Mayfield are looking at developmental players. I think they're already set at tackle. Into your offensive line, I'm tempted by Trey Smith. I don't need to think I need to make the pick. I'm looking at wide receiver. The top four off the board. Rondale Moore's got the question mark. You know, I think he's usually in the in the top five, unquestionably, but we don't really know what his situation's been like, what his health's been like. I think Chris Olave is a first round wide receiver. To me, this is not like I, he's been absolutely lights out for Ohio State so far this year. He's a three down player or three three level player, short, uh, intermediate, and then vertical. I mean, he's crazy at the catch point downfield, but he's such a good route runner. Good pairing with Denzel Mims, in my opinion. Mims is going to do a lot of stuff in a vertical third. Olave's going to be able to run a route tree that's much more expansive. Uh, I, I to me, I don't know why this guy's not a round one player. So Chris Olave, twenty five of the Jets. I like it. Yeah, Never you mind. would like it. It's a good pick. <laughs> mm. I, I wasn't gonna say I love it, but now I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna you give you that satisfaction. Joseph Osai still on the board here for the Tennessee Titans. Let's get that. 
talked about it before. They need an edge rusher and they need an interior defensive line player, but I think that edge is the trumping need here right now. And so with Osai still on the board, I think this is an easy call for Tennessee. He's having a fantastic year for Texas. Doesn't have he's not the most bendiest dude, but he's I mean, he's a workhorse and, and I've seen him just outwork people. He's got active, violent, heavy hands with how he's running off the edge. And so I'm a big fan of his. I think he'll fit in right right with the defensive culture that they got going on in Tennessee. So Joseph Osai here for the Titans. 27, Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, quarterback's been a problem for this team for a few weeks now. Just with, I didn't really even have anything after that. I just wanted to say quarterback's been a problem with this team. Um, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you going yeah. for it. Man, I really want to give them like a good receiving running back at 27. Because it's clear if they're going to, you know, do this offense with Tom Brady thing, listen, they dude, need a back who can catch. Listen, dude, if you, if, if you gave them Travis Etienne at this point, I wouldn't be mad. Like, like but, I, I really. But Etienne, Etienne is his weakest aspect is his receiving game. No, I, 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 one think that it's an overblown criticism of his, and two, like he's just the best back that's there. What do you, what would you think, like Najee Harris? About, and I think Najee Harris is a better receiver than Travis Etienne. Is. I think Najee I, Harris got soft hands. Baby. I would it's tell just, you, I would tell you that Najee has, yeah, more natural hands. But I, I just wanted to say, like. If you're saying that ETN's worst trade is his catching, I would probably agree with you, but I also think that that's overblown. Like people think that like right, he yeah. straight up can't catch and I don't agree with that. Tim. And the issue the issue is that Harris might have better hands, but he also I don't think he's going to be good at running the routes that they're going to want him to run in terms of like separating on options and 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 stems and Harris angles. Harris is also you know? a 6'2" 230 hoss, so I love Najee Harris, man. He's so fun. Oh, this is not a good class for receiving backs. Okay, table that table quarterback of the future despite how fun it would be to do that and then immediately toss it to you uh you've talked about how donovan smith can't remain the starting tackle for this team i talked about how we had a couple of good tackles but i didn't feel like i needed to do that with the jets uh on the board left not a big alex leatherwood guy i think the dylan radins has has a long ramp up if you're looking for year one play liam weikenberg on another dame right if you had a year Sammy Cosme, Dylan Radins, Jalen Mayfield. That's where I'm going. But if we're talking plug and play year one, I'll take the Notre Dame kid, Lee Meikenberg. I might take Leatherwood in that in that instance just because he's played right tackle before. And like at that point, like because it, it, playing right but away. But you, you have Tristan Wurst at right tackle. No, 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 no. I, I, I know. But like I think that Tristan Wurst would probably be a better left tackle than like even like Liam Eikenberg would be, but mm. you don't want to, you don't want to confuse yeah. him too much with position changes. So I, right. I would draft Liam, put him at left, keep Werfs at right. And like, obviously like protecting Brady's blind side is important, but if you're drafting Eikenberg at 25, which I am, it's because I believe that he can pass protect successfully in year one. Right. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. the thing is that the only way that you can make this pick like saying that they have to upgrade from Donovan Smith does not mean that they have to find a Reach. different offensive tackle player to play left. Like it has to be objectively better than Donovan Smith, who he will have lapses, and those lapses are the reason why I don't think that you could depend on him if you're going to make a Super Bowl run. But he's also like play to play, like sometimes fine for the majority of the time. He just will give up awful reps every now and then. Like, you just can't have that. So if the Bucks are going that direction, it has to be an upgrade. I like Liam Eikenberg, but you and I have talked about some athletic limitations that he might have, and going into the NFL with athletic limitations is sometimes can make for a rough rookie year. It really but, sounds like you're trying to talk me into uh, drafting Matt Jones here. You are... No, you already picked him. I already clicked it for the mock draft machine, so Liam Eikenberg's as good as a buck at this point. 
Um, I was just making some extra talk there. Buffalo Bills. Corners in need. Linebackers in need. They're still there for corner. Asante Samuel Jr. Tyson Campbell. Israel McQuamu. Ooh, Xavier Collins. Zavin. Sorry, Zavin. Yes. Do we yeah, think no Zavin? I've done that 10,000 times. Do we think Zavin's going to be a first round pick? If he if he tests like he does at like actual 250, yeah. All right. Zavin Collins. I still think Dill Moe is a better player, but dude, Zaven Collins next to Tremaine Edmonds, you know how freaking gigantic that linebacker is. <laughs> yeah, was, it really would. Humongous. Oh, wow. That'd be fun as heck. Oh, I'd just be scary to look at. Okay, I like that now. I'm in. Uh, 29, Green Bay Packers. Uh, Kevin King back from injury, playing him back out there, still at corner two. Not the sort of situation that you want to be in. Unfortunately, I think you look at what you've got left at the corner room. Darian Kendrick, Tyson Campbell, Israel Mukwamu. If we're talking about players who reach the size thresholds, I'm not sure that they're going to like the size of, Asan- of Asante Samuel Jr. Those are those are developmental players. You put them in over King, guess what? You just drafted Kevin King Like in terms of, of the, the timeline that you're looking at. So I'm not sure they're, they're going to get what they need. If, if they've got to fill that corner two gap, doing it at 29 is going to be tough. Uh, wide receiver, this is a very popular spot for Terrace Marshall, and appropriately so. We know how much they value size and long speed at wide receiver. Dylan Those are Marshall's Moses. two of... Dylan Moses. Those are two of Terrace Marshall's best traits, and so I think that, that would make a lot of sense. With that said, at linebacker, Dylan Moses is available. <laughs> Maybe wait for me to finish my narrative next time, Trev. Listen, I just wanted to get it out there so I could say first and act like that you were copying me. yeah, yeah. Uh, as I said, I'm not sure that that Collins should be drafted above Moses. I, I, I haven't dove deep on Collins, but Moses is such a polished player, and he's also got such a nice athletic profile. I don't know why he's being forgotten. I really think he's playing quality ball. I, 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 he, he played his best ball in, in 2018. I don't dispute that, but this is still first-round play. Uh, next to Christian Kirksey, he's a good setup. Dylan Moses at linebacker. That'll do the job. I'd love to pick Rondell Moore here for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that'd be fun as hell. I mean, I feel like the Chiefs are one of the few teams that could take, because at that point, you know, the reason why wide receiver could be a need for him is because Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins are both up contract-wise, so they're probably looking for another wide receiver option, but then that would mean that their wide receiver was short little Tyree Kill, um, skinny little Miko Hardman, and then short little Rondale Moore, and it's just like... are they speed gonna, like would they do that i know i i get it like speed kill, then they have travis kelsey you know what they have travis kelsey if they need a, a red zone guy to throw it up to they can go with kelsey i'll go rondell Moore. rondell Moore to the kansas city Chiefs. i like it okay rondell Moore to wild speed uh at kansas city i'm at 31 now with the saints i should have left myself dylan moses that would have been smart obviously they don't need no, a quarterback they have mario davis and uh Equan alexander now yeah, but still, I mean, I don't know if Quan is what Quan used to be. Uh, they obviously don't need a quarterback in the future anymore. They have it. It's 30-year-old Taysom Hills. Got played a good game against the Atlanta Falcons pass defense. We don't have to worry about that position. Oof. I do think they continue. They, they should continue to add talent at wide receiver. Uh, beyond Michael Thomas, they really don't have anything exciting afterward. They use Traquan Smith as a, as a blocker. They have Emmanuel Sanders as a veteran on that deal, but he's you know been banged up, hasn't been high impact for them. They have nothing exciting young developmentally. Are they allowed to draft LSU players? If so, Terrace Marshall makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go a different direction, though. Kadarius Toney. Cool. <laughs> Listen, we talking about... 
first round. We're talking about Alvin Kamara as one of the best receiving options underneath in the shallow in the NFL. Boy, you put you put Kadarius Tony not only in the slot but occasionally in the backfield, and you give a quarterback like Drew Brees the ability to distribute to those two playmakers going to be very very difficult. Number one to take away all of the underneath routes you're getting from Thomas, Tony, and Kamara. And then number two, tackle those guys in space when they do get the football. And that's sure. how you're going to be able to protect the quarterback in the twilight of his career. So Kadarius Tony, who I think is is as a playmaker right there next to Rondell Moore, who just got picked a, dra- a, a selection ahead of him, potentially to challenge the first round, give him to the Saints. I think so too. And look, the, the idea of Kadarius Tony and Alvin Kamara on the same team, and you have to tackle one of these two when the ball gets in their hands, it's a nightmare. It's 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 just truly a nightmare. So I, I you know I'm all for those kinds of scenarios, but I think this is the first time that I've seen Kadarius in the first round. So I love it. Love being first on the podcast. Thirty two, Pittsburgh Steelers, they're ten and zero, so they're picking at the end of the uh the first round here. Offensive line still in need. Uh I'm gonna go with Dylan Radiance. And and I think that the Steelers are a really good spot to develop a guy who's had a lot of dominant performances at a lower level competition. So um, he, he's got the skill. He's got the size. He just needs to get acclimated to NFL speeds, NFL strengths, NFL size. And I think that he can. And I think the Pittsburgh is a good place to develop that from him. So continue for him to have that confidence, not ruin anything like that, uh, not get caught off guard. And so I think that you're getting the most out of his talent there by picking him at the back end of the first round. There we go. That is the... Uh, Wednesday, November 25th edition of the Midweek Mock Draft. I'll run through all the picks real quick. New York Jets at the top. They picked Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville Jaguars went Justin Fields. Cincinnati Bengals, Penny Sewell. Dallas Cowboys, Patrick Sertan. Washington football team, Trey Lance. Los Angeles Chargers, Christian Darrisaw. New York Giants, Micah Parsons. Miami Dolphins, Quiddy Pay. Atlanta Falcons, Caleb Farley. Carolina Panthers, Kyle Pitts, New England Patriots, Jamar Chase. Ben almost let him get to the Detroit Lions, but Detroit Lions, Jalen Waddle, Minnesota Vikings, Wyatt Davis, San Francisco 49er fans, rejoice. This is your favorite mock draft ever because it got you Zach Wilson at 14. Denver Broncos, Greg Rousseau, oh. Chicago Bears, Rayshon Slater, Miami Dolphins, Devontae Smith, their second pick uh, in the first round. Baltimore Ravens, Rashad Bateman, Philadelphia Eagles, J.C. Horn, Arizona Cardinals, Eric Stokes, Jacksonville Jaguars, Sean Wade, Vegas Raiders, Aziz Ojolari, Cleveland Browns, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Indianapolis Colts, Elijah Vera Tucker, New York Jets, their second pick of the first round, Crystal Olave, Tennessee Titans, Joseph Osai, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Leon Eichenberg, uh, Buffalo Bills, Zayvon Collins, Green Bay Packers, Dylan Moses, Kansas City Chiefs, Ron Moore, New Orleans Saints, Kadarius Toney, and then Pittsburgh Steelers, Dylan Raiders. There we go. That's your mock. That's your. I almost called it mock draft Monday midweek mock draft there for this week. Ben and I only have one more podcast that we're doing this week. We are taking uh, a podcast off for the holidays for Thanksgiving, but we cannot skip the Pick'em episode because it is paramount that we keep the integrity of the game going. I have this no serious. I have no idea who's up right now because Joe hasn't gotten the final tally of last week and we all know that we are, me. we are nothing without Joe. It could very Only well be Only me. <laughs> Only me. I'm so happy you pulled that reference. <laughs> <laughs> two words. Oh man, we remember this. That's coming on tomorrow's episode. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.